I'm Hilary Crowley, and welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. Today, we're going to be talking about belonging. We're going to be talking about why it is so important for you to create your communities to feel like you belong somewhere. The communities don't need to be big. The communities don't need to be grand, but we need a sense of belonging. It's part of what makes us thrive, and it's also one of the greatest ways to relieve stress in your life, a sense of belonging. Could it possibly be that simple? Oftentimes, I talk about the four cornerstones of, of, of um, health and well-being um, based on a book by uh, Richard Ackerman who wrote years ago about the cornerstones of dysfunction. And he shared in his book, Rigidity, which means that there is a need to be open to change. That is one cornerstone. Denial, which means there's a need to openly examine and open your mind and be aware And I want to pause on that one for a second, because when we hear denial, we think of an argument or, you know, somebody not being validated for, or one thing that they see. But I want to go bigger here at the Good Energy Healing Show and say that much of what we're denying is access to resources and beauty and bounty and people and other living beings and energy fields that we can connect to, to possibilities, to things that are available to us. Get this, we deny ourselves our own resources that are naturally given to us in our day. We deny ourselves to be grateful for the things that are fundamental to how how we how we move and breathe through this world so denial is not just an argument and looking at a small little piece which is what ackerman was talking about uh dysfunctional families um talking about the 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 feeling in your family system your family role of of denying a truth so it was really talking about the negative pieces and that's okay. It's important, especially for the topic that he was writing about. But now, gosh, it's 30 years later, that book's been written. Um, I want to open it up to why deny yourself of the resources that are around you. Embracing your resources is key to building a beautiful community. Silence is a need to care and share. Silence is a need to care and share. Caring and sharing create vulnerability. And if you feel uncomfortable being vulnerable, then you might not take that extra little leap, but do it anyway. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about vulnerability. Um, Brene Brown, who I could actually talk about belonging because Brene Brown has a quote Uh, that's trending out there on social media that says that one of the mind-blowing things that came out of her research was that um, belonging, the opposite of, of belonging is the need to fit in. It sounds counterintuitive, and that's why it's such a cool quote. Needing to fit in, fit in, does not mean what belonging is. Belonging means that you can take up as much space as you need to need to in your own life. You don't need to fit in. 
but that somebody else allows you to take up as much space as you need to take up. And then another person allows, and that allowing of your own space with others allowing and you allowing others, that is belonging. How cool is that? But on the piece of being vulnerable, um, when it comes to dismantling the cornerstone of silence, it's caring and sharing. And boy, it can be easier to not. It can be a lot easier to not care and to not share. I laugh a little bit um, when I'm trying to make big decisions in life. Um, It's actually not a bad attitude to go through life with, which is like, I just, you know, when I'm trying to make a big decision in life and I'm thinking about all the people that would be, you know, wondering if I should wear red shoes or blue shoes. I just, you know, went with this thing of like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> In fact, I have a very funny example of that. Um, I was going out to a poetry slam to support my friend, um, just to enjoy her poetry. And it was really fun um, up here in New England. Went out to a poetry event. And as I was getting dressed, it was late in the day. And I just wanted to kind of dress in like a relaxed, artsy, comfortable way. Um, kind of one step up from my pajamas. And um, I looked over at all my earrings I have. And I have these, I have a lot of earrings that I really like. And more than half of them now, I've lost the other one. Probably because um, I'm looking right now at one earring that's just like hanging there in the living room, just like just hanging right here and waiting for the other one to find itself. I think it fell down. Um, behind the wood stove. And at some point it might appear, but I don't throw that earring away. I wait until it appears again. Okay. I don't know if anyone else can relate. So I don't throw the earrings away once I lose. So I have all these unmatched earrings. And I was like, you know what? I really like, I really miss wearing those earrings, even though I can't find the other, the other to the pair. And then I looked at another pair. I'm like, I really miss those, that when they were a pair and I miss that. So I, I decided just for fun to put, um, two earrings on one. I only have single pierces on each ear. It's just a single pierce. And I was like, well, people with the multiple pierces, they do all sorts of fun things with their earrings. So I was like, I'll put one earring on one ear and another from another pair on the other ear. And this will be fun. It might, somebody might even notice, you know, like wearing mismatched shoes. So, (laughs) so, um, nobody cared. (laughs) Nobody made one comment the whole time. Nobody cared that my earrings were mismatched and I kind of had some fun. So if I'm starting a new trend right now, people don't throw away your earrings. Just if you love one earring, put it on your left ear. If you love another ring, put it on your right ear. Maybe the other, the, the, the pair will show up. Maybe it won't, but like, no reason to try to, you know, make something work because there's an arbitrary rule that we're supposed to wear the same earrings that match and are symmetrical because that's the way it's been traditionally, unless you have multiple earrings, you have pierces. So funny, why am I saying that? Because this sense that we're supposed to fit in and play by the rules, why? It doesn't matter. Like nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, But on the bigger things, um, when it comes to sharing and caring, you speak up. You speak up. 
such an important part of belonging is being around people who you feel safe to speak up with. And that is a well-earned big relationship when you get there. But for those of us who create communities, if we allow for these rules of, of a healthy functioning community to be foundational to, to the belonging, then you're in really good shape. You have, um, not denying all the beautiful resources around us, within us and around us. Um, not, not being stuck and having an inability to change. Always allow for change. Change is growth. Change is so fundamental to um, our hearts beating and the way our blood flows. It, it goes from um, oxygen, you know, with oxygen and then, and then the oxygen to release and then it comes back. It's like a back and forth, a pendulum swinging, the earth rotate. This is all change. This is all change, the earth rotating. And then I got to the fourth cornerstone, which is what today's episode is about. It is foundationally important to not feel isolated. Human beings do not thrive in isolation. Isolation, even if it's quiet and supposedly peaceful, brings stress to the human body. You can take some time out, but you want to have that feeling of belonging even when you're in a place of peace or respite or retreat. You still want to feel like you belong because it causes deep, deep stress when you do not have a community and that you feel isolated. That causes stress in the body and the body sees that as an emergency because we are to be uh, connected in order to thrive, survive and thrive in this world. So welcome here to the Good Energy Healing Show. I say that slowly because one of the things that I did to create a community for myself was I created the Good Energy Healing Club. So often when I see clients and we work together for the hour or so that we work together, there is this beautiful sense of belonging, not just between two people, not just between a practitioner and a client, but all of a sudden, all this beautiful energy comes in from the field. I believe there's energy in the cells that are that want to speak and share to us. I believe that there are there is energy in the with the ancestors. If you exist right now, you have ancestors. So um, you exist because you're part of a long line of ancestors. Okay, so you already belong to your ancestors. Imagine that for a second. Let's just take a little breath in. You already belong to your ancestors. Your ancestors claim you. You. Yes. Also, there seems to be a belonging to nature. We are a result of nature. I talk about that on the show. Um, but you belong to the, 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 the planet that you are born on. You belong to the cycle of, of the water cycles and the atmosphere and the earth. 
you observe it as a human being, but you're also very much part of it. So you belong to nature and the nature spirits show up. The spirit of nature and healing shows up. There is such a powerful spirit around the energy field. As we try to understand spirit in our given lives and our given families and our different uh, cultures, that's where you have your spirituality, which is very, very cool. Um, That shows up because that shows up almost like the personality of your spirit shows up. Um, I write about it in my book, um, The Power of Energy Medicine, how I've had people show up and say, my spirituality says, please acknowledge my Christianity or my Judaism um, or, or my, uh, my Buddhism. And I will acknowledge it as as the same way that I would acknowledge their smile and their language and the way they do and walk through life. So then there's the physical body itself. I referred to it as the cells, but your body is your is your outfit. It's your it's it's what you're carrying through this world, and it loves to be healthy. It loves to be cared for. It loves to be less stressed. That's such a good feeling for your body. So why wouldn't we care for it by saying, I am done playing this game of isolation. If you isolate somebody systematically or by mistake, (laughs) for any reason, you are causing them stress. If you allow somebody to feel like they belong, you are bringing healing. So what do you belong to today? And what are are some of the things that make you feel a sense of belonging? And what are some of the things that make you feel a sense of isolation? I want to talk a little bit about social media for a second. Um, I was uh, reading up about uh, podcasts. Podcasts are considered long form content, meaning that somebody has taken the time like me to share something with their listeners like you. And so that's a long form content. It creates a sense of community. Social media, um, which I am very much on and I really enjoy, and I actually think it has a good energy, especially if you infuse it with even better energy, you know, every time you put good energy out there, but the nature of the clip, 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 the, the shortness of it, um, confuses our, our sense of community. It, it, it doesn't really feel like you, I feel like it's like um, speed dating. Like you're, you're not dating somebody if you're going from one person to another, you know, speed dating. Um, but you could go back and go deeper and say, actually, I really liked that 30 second piece I just saw, or I'm going to buy that album and play all the music. I just heard a little clip of one song from, right? That's the beginning of community. But just knocking on doors, you know, and, and, um, you know, knocking on doors and, and walking away, um, that's not community. And I think what happens is that since it's such a new technology for us, I think what happens is that you actually feel more, uh, isolated after spending time on social media, but hopefully after now that I've explained this to you, you won't, because you just need to be conscious of it, that that's not community. That's not spending time with other people. That's um, flipping through the channels, just like we used to do in the 1980s when you could just like flip through the channels really quickly. You're not landing on 
anything that's tr- truly filling you up. Just by the nature of it, 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 it flashes, flashes, flashes. Now, if you go into taking a course with somebody or picking up the phone and calling somebody because you see they posted something and saying, hey, I just hope you had a really good time at the wedding last weekend. How did that go? I love the pictures. That was so cute with seeing you with your new puppy. Like that's no longer social media. That's now a deeper connection. So ironically, when we only have tiny little uh, superficial connections with people, that creates a deeper sense of being alone or isolated. And what is isolation? Uh, Another cornerstone of dysfunction that we want to dismantle. So what you want to do is create a sense of connection in your life. And I actually obviously want everyone to join my club because I want to create a sense of connection. Um, but I, but I have a very good reason for, you know, anybody who would want to, I want them to feel welcome. And the reason is because that big energy field I was describing, as soon as you get back out to the parking lot or you get back into your life, you kind of go into like a a tunnel, uh, that we've been trained to trained out of us to like, not feel like we belong to that big wide energy field. So my office has become a haven for connection and belonging, except that it's only my office. And that in itself is isolated. So I've created like an irony, a paradox in my life. And in order to break that paradox, I had to change. I had to do something new, something different. And so I want people who have had an interested have had an interesting experience with energy healing, whether it's with me or anybody else out there to have a place to go like, why don't, why does that have to happen on a one-on-one session or in a silent meditation? I want there to be a place where we can grow and grow and grow the consciousness of energy healing so that it is not as it has been so traditionally cordoned off into one small segment. It's not a small segment of our life. Energy healing is not a small segment of our life. Energy and healing is in every heartbeat of our life. It is appropriate for how you drive through this world, how you parent, how you care, how you live, how you breathe, cradle to grave. I mean, how you resolve problems, how you send love to situations, how you stop worrying, how you fill your life with gratitude, how you do everything. Um, even uh, like financial, There, I knew somebody who was an energy worker and she worked with a financial director of a big trading firm. And she would get phone calls several times a day from the financial um, professional that would say, will you infuse this uh, stock that I'm trading with good energy? That was also about 30 years ago. Um, so there's there it does not need to be isolated and rigid. Um, energy belongs in every aspect of our lives. But that's the big change that's happening right now. And it is really hard to hold that consciousness of energy healing being in every aspect of our life when that's not like fluent into culture. It's not fluent into culture. We're still back 
in that small way of thinking about denial and that small way of thinking about not changing, not changing, stick with it, don't change, don't change. No, change is inevitable. Change the way you think and you'll change the way your whole body moves through this life, right? So we're always changing. You don't have to like move your physical location to change. You don't have to quit your job to change. You want to change your energy. And that's the change that we talk about, which is change is inevitable. You want to be able to change energy safely and beautifully and allow. So one of the things that's been going on for me in the uh, Good Energy Healing Club is as I meditate and prepare, I see like an animal will show up to kind of want to be my my friendly like co-teacher or maybe my teacher, but definitely a colleague. And it's like, obviously the animals don't speak the same language I speak, but it's a, as if it's sort of speaking to me and talking to me. And for this upcoming um, Good Energy Healing Club session, the animal that showed up is the walrus. And I'm not that familiar with walrus. There are not any walruses that live around me. And I think of the song uh, from the Beatles, I Am the Walrus. Um, I don't think um, I even know all the lyrics to that song. Um, So what do I know about walrus? And walrus has the most beautiful energy of boundaries. And again, just like the word denial, before you start thinking you know what boundaries are, I've been doing a deep dive into what boundaries are. And one of my psychotherapy colleagues shared with me that the best boundary you can have is resources so that you're able to say, I can't be everything for you. And I can't handle all the problems that are being directed at me, but I can find the resources. I have a little, another little saying that I, that I've said for a long time, I say, I'm nothing if not resourceful. And I said that when I was much younger, um, now I realize those resources are all those things I described that are in the energy field. I'm nothing if not resourceful. Always find your resources. The reason why walrus is known to be resourceful is because walrus swims in cold, cold water has no fur, but has a six inch layer of fat that allows for two things to be true. I would say even three, because the third one was probably protection from like other predators. You've got a big, big layer, you know, six inches layer of of boundary. Also keeps them warm and also helps them float and swim. And so six, six inches. And I think it also said that the six inch layer around the body of the walrus, the baby walruses are born with this, this big layer as well on them. And they swim immediately upon birth. And if you look at a walrus, they're huge. And so um, what's going to help them float is the same thing that gives them this beautiful boundary. So every living being it, as they show up, whether it's a tree um, or a stone, um, the idea, this is a shamanic belief, that there's consciousness in everything on earth. 
let me say that again. There's consciousness in everything, everyone on earth. And in consciousness, built into consciousness is the intuition, the inner, t- the tutor, the, the one that wants to teach us. So we can connect our intuition to an alternate consciousness. So the consciousness of the wal- walrus, I don't know a walrus personally, but the consciousness of walrus energy is to feel safe that you can float and you can feel safe with the boundary, which is your resource. Ah, that would be another thing that if there's no food, you have this nice layer, this six inch layer on you, that would be a resource that your muscles can feed off of if you're a walrus. So resources. So so the walrus represents boundaries and boundaries, good boundaries represent good community. Uh-huh, right? So we think boundaries, if you think about boundaries like walling off a boundary, see how words can can really um, play tricks with us? Then you think all of a sudden you're isolated. But no, a great boundary is, is resources and to feel like you have this beautiful resource around you and you want to be around people who also have beautiful resources. So what do you do? You provide resources. You encourage resources. You celebrate resources and you create a community that does that. What kind of community have you been wanting to create lately? And how can you infuse that with your good energy? Really think about that. Isn't that amazing? Um, So everybody is welcome to join the Good Energy Healing Club. If you're a listener here, thank you for listening, by the way. We've had so many downloads. This, um, this, It's grown beautifully. I'm not wrapping up. Sometimes I say this when I'm wrapping up, but I'm not wrapping up. I just wanted to just, just pause and say thank you. Um, Feedspot um, rated this as the top um, energy healing podcast. And I don't need to be the top. I'm not in competition with anybody else. But what I do love about it is that I was like, well, how did you find me and how did you rate me? I was like doing a little research and you can submit your um, podcast to Feedspot and then they'll review it for you. But I didn't do that. So, or not that I know of, nobody I know did that. But if you did and you're out there, thank you. Um, But what did happen is that they rated on freshness. I just love that. That was the word they used. They rated on content and, you know, authenticity and freshness. And so for the freshness, I was like, okay, I got to admit, and I'm pretty fresh because this is, you know, one take, I speak from my heart and I want to share something with you that is definitely fresh. I got to take a sip of water though. Hang on. So normally I would say this would sound really counterintuitive. However, we've been going for a few minutes now talking about the importance of belonging. So I've got you all primed up. In the experience that I've had, without question, boundaries always are an issue because boundaries is what, the idea of boundaries defines how your energy flows. If you have somebody coming in and, 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 and thoughts coming in, and I said somebody, but it's really not somebody, it's you. If your thoughts are allowing interruptions, interferences, then you do not have great boundaries. Okay. So boundaries are a beautiful part. When you think of an energy field, it's like bling, you know, you're bringing up your energy field and suddenly you have this glowing, beautiful field, which acts as a boundary. So what I want to share with you 
over the years and the decades of this work, I have found that one of the most powerful boundaries with whatever you're struggling with and whatever you're going with and the way to glow the brightest is the most powerful boundary to bring into any situation, any relationship is love. If you can find a space for love, you will have a deeper glow of a boundary. If you have an enemy, find a way to energetically fill your space so big with love that if they're in your thought field, then they're in some form of community with you. You're communing with them. If, the, if, the, if, you, if there's an enemy that you are not aware of, then they're probably not your enemy because they're not in your field. Okay. So we, you know, that was like kind of a trick question. I just said, if there's somebody or someone that you consider, you know, uh, causing you a problem, fill your field with love and more love and more love and more love. That walrus is agreeing with me is a very powerful form of protection in the best way possible. Because that vibration of love is um, magnifies itself. Um, it it um, heals in ways that you cannot imagine. And how many of you out there have ever been in an adversarial situation, but then when you made peace with the adversary, you had like a deeper trust and connection than you could have ever had if you'd never had that conflict? It's something we don't talk enough about. If Brene Brown, if you're listening, can you do some research on that? It's pretty cool. You know, like it's something we don't talk about that when we overcome and transform probably through all these things, allowing for change, not denying the resources around us, sharing and caring, right? And and not staying isolated. Then we have an even better connection to our community and to that one particular person in our community or many people in our community. It is okay to move through conflict with beautiful sense of belonging and love. So the, the shorthand, the footnote of that is, believe it or not, one of the most powerful boundaries that you can put out there is love. I wanted to leave you all with a sense of the campfire before we go. Speaking of belonging, we have so many one-way, one-way connections out there and, you know, one-way streets. But I remember images from my mother's childhood. So this would be back in the 1940s. Um, I think she kind of painted the image in my head because she would tell me her, her father was serving in World War II. And so the family would huddle around the radio to hear the news from England, from the UK, because that's where her father was serving. He would never call. It wasn't a matter of being able to make a phone call or anything. They would just huddle around the radio and listen to be able to Um, just simply listen to be able to get a clue as to whether he's okay or not. And that was uh, stressful, but it was also necessary. And it was their only connection, their only connection to her father. Then um, in my childhood, um, 
color TV and you would huddle around the TV and you would get your news, but you would also get your entertainment and you'd huddle around a TV and it would be a one-way communication. This huddling around is ancient for us as humans. We huddle around the fire and we sit around the fire. And when we sit around the fire, it would not be a one-way communication. It would be one person telling a story. And even if the other side laughs or responds or says, hey, hey, you know, good job, then that's not a one-way communication. So in this last couple of decades, we're starting to go back to campfire energy, sort of, right? Because we long for the campfire. We long for the campfire. I don't know if I've mentioned this in other episodes, but it cracked me up when um, it became a trend, and many many of you probably have this, to put a television set over your fireplace or over your, you know, uh, in my case, like a little wood stove. I don't do that because... Because um, there's nothing wrong with it. But when I'm looking at a fire, I know that there's a healing meditative power to looking at a fire. So if you have the fire, a fire, um, that is all the um, body needs for stimulus. We oftentimes come home from a long day of work and say, I just want to watch the television. Well, that flickering light of the TV, the flickering light of social media, the flickering light of your computer that's giving the body old signals that we used to have when we would come to the campfire and sit around the campfire at the end of our day. Um, safety, warmth, food, similar to the walrus, you know, all that boundary, like safety, warmth, food, togetherness, that's what the fire represented. Um, so create campfires in your life. Um, you don't need to gather sticks and, and light matches, If you ever have an opportunity, do that. You know, it's nice to do it once or twice a year, or in our case, we do it a lot. You know, honor the energy of fire as a hearth of, you know, coming together. Hearth and heart sound an awful lot alike, you know, me with words. Um, Create a sense of the campfire. And if you don't feel like you have a place to come together, find one. I'm inviting you to the Good Energy Healing Club. You can find me through hillarycrowley.com. You have to spell my name with one L. So it's H-I-L-A-R-Y-C-R-O-W-L-E-Y.com. And there'll be a button on the menu that will say, I think it says join the Good Energy Club. I didn't put the word healing because it was going to be too long to say it. So join the Good Energy Club and you can join. It's like a, there's a membership fee and we do energy healing and we do, um, intuition. Um, lots of people just show up and they just completely relax for the one hour. And at the end they say, oh, I feel so much better. That was so insightful. You wouldn't believe what happened to me this week. Um, just cause we're, we're bringing it more to the campfire, um, taking advantage of this amazing technology, which is working so hard to create like the world's biggest campfire in the best way where now we can interact and, and, and connect and, and care and, and bring uh, a sense of community communing back to this beautiful world. So if you have isolation in your life, take that seriously, take that seriously. If you're a leader and your uh, community that you're in charge of 
has a sense of isolation or any of these other things, denial, silence, any of that stuff, look again and look at the amazing resources you have with the people and the community and the places that you're working with and really fill it up with good energy. And if you, and if you need help, I'm here for you through the good energy healing club. Um, and I'm also here for you for the good energy healing show. I absolutely adore the work that I'm doing. I cannot believe that it has carried me this far. Sometimes I wonder, how did I get here? What am I doing? But the answer is trusting and taking one step at a time, um, acknowledging my gifts, being brave, not being afraid to seem like a fool. And yeah, bringing a little freshness to the party, right? So um, thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, you can find me on hillarycrowley.com. Um, keep, keep listening, keep tuning in. Let's stay curious out here. Um, and I'd love to see how your day goes when you just allow for a whole lot more resources to flow your way. The little messages, the big messages, the playfulness, the community, the communication. Be your own source for good energy in this world. Know that love is the greatest boundary. It will keep you safe. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. Jump in. Join. Connect. Whatever you need to do to allow for change. To make your life change a little bit better. Become a little bit brighter. And when you do that, you change all the lives around you as well. I'm Hillary Crowley. Thank you for listening to the Good Energy Healing Show. I will catch you the next time. Have a beautiful day.